0: Amen. Take your copy of God's Word this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, as we look, beginning in verse 26 this morning. And I think we all ought to stop this morning and give the Lord thanks for His protection and for His blessing over us. Especially yesterday, as we went through some severe moments of weather or so, we ought to always stop and say, God, thank you for your hand of protection. Don't you believe that? I think we ought to thank him for that. We ought to thank him for keeping, especially our uh, students safe. Many of you know that last night was Rustin High's prom. It was also Cedar Creek's prom. And I was concerned all day long. One, because the same boy keeps showing up at my house. (laughs) Yes, he is the son of another staff member. Pray for that staff member. But I was concerned, obviously, for all the students that would be out last night, and all the different things going on, always a little more of a risk, maybe some stress that a lot of us parents have, but I am grateful that the Lord showed his protection there. So we give the Lord thanks for all of those things. But we also stop and remember those that uh, did face damage and did face issues, certainly Franklin, Texas. We want to pray for the folks down there. And then, of course, this morning I did see where... Uh, Elementary school burned in West Monroe. We want to pray for those folks our neighbors just to the east and Also a young man who lost his life there in Monroe Uh, So we want to continue to pray for one another You know we give God thanks and then we pray for those as well that have been affected So could we do that this morning? I know that's a little out of out of sorts, but I just I don't know I just I need it this morning I need to just go to him and say thank you. So I hope that you would join your heart and mind with mine Let's pray together father We come to you and uh, we do thank you for your hand of protection because as we come this morning We know that you are sovereign. You are sovereign over spiritual things. You are sovereign over temporal things It really doesn't matter God you have control and father I am grateful that you protected us yesterday and even through this morning Father we are grateful that you uh, saw our students in the different schools Lord home safely and Lord I pray That you would help us always to have gratitude in our hearts for just even those things that seem so mundane to us Lord, I pray that we'd always be grateful because again you are You are giving attention to details themselves the details of our lives We thank you for that and God we do pray for those that I mentioned those who were affected in adverse ways Father, I pray that you'd be with them today that you would bless them that you'd give discernment wisdom and that you would help us to be blessings into their lives in the appropriate manner. Father, we just give you glory today. Now I pray that you'd speak through this message because God, we're here to hear a word from you, not a word from a preacher, not a word from a staff member, not a word from anybody else. We're here to hear a word from you this morning. And God, I pray now you would speak to us, you would convict us and you would help us as we serve you and leave here changed and transformed. We pray it now in Jesus name, amen. Acts chapter 8. Oh, how the mission of God continues. As you look in the book of Acts, as you see God's Holy Spirit empowering the people of God, you see how the mission and the message of God continues to go forth. And I want you to see this morning how God continues to move that effort. You know, I had heard this story all of my life, the story that we're going to read about this morning. I grew up in the Sunday school of the Baptist Church and they talked about all these different things and they talked specifically about this Narrative this story, but I don't know even until this week if I had really Even after preaching it even after teaching it after working through it I'm not sure I appreciated the full measure of how this story reminds us that the gospel comes to all people That it moves even unto the Gentiles now usually I look at Acts chapter 10 and I think about Cornelius and I think about that being the Gentile Pentecost that is the time it seems that the gospel goes to the Gentiles but I was reminded through this story that the gospel actually reached the Gentiles earlier Earlier than Acts 10, actually in Acts 8, I mean, God was launching his mission. Remember, God's going to get to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria as we saw last week, but he's also going to get to the ends of the earth with his message. <laughs> Acts chapter 8, it tells us the phase of the Samaritan mission, but it also reminds us that God's message and his story goes to the Gentiles even with that one that's been identified so often as the Ethiopian eunuch So let's look at this story and let God just speak to us this morning as we come to his word Acts chapter 8 beginning in verse 26 Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip remember Philip He's the deacon Acts chapter 6. He was elected as one of the helpers who would who would? Somehow assist in the fellowship of the church. So Philip the deacon Sees this angel, he hears an angel, a messenger of the Lord speaking to him. And this is what the angel says, arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Now, remember, here's Philip. Okay. I said he was a deacon. He's not necessarily a preacher, a pastor, as we think about it. But he is one that is committed to taking the gospel wherever he is. I I love that about him. Uh, Maybe I ought to stop here. You know, you don't have to be a preacher or a pastor to share the gospel of Christ. You, You know that, right? You don't have to be on staff somewhere to tell people about the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, when I look at the book of Acts, every believer that was changed by the Lord Jesus had to testify about that change. Every believer somehow would share how God had done something alive and fresh in his or her life. Something about just that general testimony. So Philip goes. Man, he's on fire for the Lord. He's telling people about Christ and what Christ has done. Oh, as I look through this, I'm reminded that you and I, as we share the gospel, we have to begin where we are. We have to begin right where we are. Now, I'm going to talk about his mission here. As a matter of fact, some preachers have called this the first short term mission trip. But before he went on his first short term mission trip, he was committed to sharing the gospel wherever he was. He was down in Jerusalem and he was sharing the gospel. And because of his testimony and that of Stevens and all the other early believers, they were forced out of Jerusalem. They were persecuted. But God, God was able to use that which was meant to be evil for something that was good. So he took the persecution and he used it to expand his kingdom into Samaria as we saw last week. And Philip went and he preached that message to the Samaritans. So here he was in Samaria, whether it's Jerusalem or Samaria, wherever he is, he is just sharing the gospel of Christ. Now remember, that is the formula that Jesus gave, right? He said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts. In other words, you start right where you are and then you just continue to expand out to share the good news of Jesus. As a matter of fact, that Great Commission as it is classically given to us in Matthew chapter 28 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Well, if you were to go back and do a little bit of study on that Matthew 28 passage and you hear those words about making disciples, you will know that the, oh, this is going to light your fire. The main verb is make disciples. So you get excited when I talk about English grammar. I can tell. The main verb is make disciples. It's not go, it's not even teach, it's not even baptize. Matthew chapter 28, the main verbiage that is there is make disciples. Now, how do you make disciples? Oh, those participles. Oh, you remember participles? I'm gonna light your fire for sure with participles. As you go, while you're going, you're teaching, you're baptizing them. In other words, You make disciples and how do you do it? You do it when you go you do it when you're teaching them You do it when you're baptizing them. It tells us how we are to make disciples but that Going as you go it's almost like Wherever you are and wherever you're going and whatever is happening in your life. You find that as a moment to make disciples wherever you are and that's philip philip samaria Make disciples. Jerusalem, make disciples. And now he's going to be called to a singular mission, a short-term mission to share the gospel with an Ethiopian eunuch. But he's not told that. Let me, let me go. He's not told that. As a matter of fact, the angel looks to him and says, I need you to go down to Gaza. The Lord is speaking to you. The Lord's message, I want you to go to Gaza. Now, he must have been just thinking about all these consequences and ramifications. If he leaves Samaria, Samaria is what? Samaria is a thriving, growing ministry and mission area. At the end of our last message, in verse 25 of the eighth chapter, you would see where Peter and John went preaching through the Samaritan villages. And I mean, it was great, it was revival. You ever been in a church or a place where it was just constant revival god has given me a couple of those opportunities i I remember when i was in picayune and uh man it, it was unbelievable i had never seen anything like it that it seemed like people were coming to be saved constantly we were baptizing just thankfully like we were this morning it was just awesome i remember when i told them i was leaving And it seemed like about seven more people came to be baptized. Everybody was rejoicing, I guess. (laughs) One of the guys came to me and he said, why would you leave right now? Do you see God doesn't want you to leave? And I said, what do you mean? He said, we're in the midst of revival and people are being saved. And here you are deciding on your own to go off and go to another church. I said, Well, is that the way you interpret it? Yes, that's the way I interpret it. I said, Well, you've always been off in your interpretation, Don, always. <laughs> and I did, because Don was a close, close friend of mine. I said, Don, what I see is the Lord just noticing what's going on and noticing, I think, that I'm trying to follow His will and He's just continuing to bless because God is like that. And there are people who are coming. But it was awesome. Now, it was hard. Because I was leaving a place where we were getting ready to talk either about a new sanctuary or we were getting ready to uh, Go to at least two services do some other things there at that church I I was committed to it and all of a sudden God was sending me to South Louisiana no offense. I've been down there eight and a half years, and I really loved it enjoyed it best food maybe outside North Louisiana In the world but like, God, what are you doing? I mean, and it was difficult. Here, here's Philip. Look, I, I'm listening to what the angel says to him. And the angel says, I want you to leave a flourishing ministry area. And I want you to go down to Gaza, about 165 miles down there. I want you to go and I want you to, I want you to travel this road, okay? Now, Gaza, Gaza at this time was not the most elite or blessed city that you would ever find as a matter of fact and this these are not my words but another preacher's words it was a nasty area and if you look it traced its lineage to the Philistines you remember those guys of the Old Testament so he's leaving Samaria to go 165 miles to find this road down to Gaza. And it said in our scripture, this is desert. In other words, n- you're not going to see a whole lot of people down there. It, it's a pretty lonely area. But listen to what Luke says about, about Philip's obedience. Verse 27. So he arose and went. Simple, right? He just got up and went. I love these simple statements of obedience. He didn't ask questions. He didn't try to reason it out. He didn't make a list of all the pros and all the cons. He said, okay, God, that's what you want. That's what I'll do. Now, listen, some of you, and I I don't want to chase too many rabbits this morning. I'll just say this. Some of you look at me and you said, Hey, if an angel of the Lord spoke to me, I would respond in such a way. Would you? Would you? There's almost a natural skepticism that some of us have where we would try to reason. We would try to make our list. Well, no, if an angel... No, let me, let me just say to you, God has spoken to us so clearly on so many things All you got to do is open up his word. And yet, too often, we still fail to obey. Oh, but if God just... if, If he did like the Old Testament, just spoke to us. No, he has spoken to us. Oh, Philip said, okay. He began where he was and he said, you know what? I've been... Ministering here, but God if that's what you want me to do, I'll go down to this lonely desert highway And I'll see what you have Verse again 27 as Luke reports it to us. It said he arose and went and behold I love those behold moments of scripture Because as he goes it says a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians Who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was? Returning, So you have this individual that traces his lineage there to Africa. It is not the present-day Ethiopia. It was rather the old kingdom of Nubia or Cush. Today, present-day Sudan, northern Sudan. And this man had come to Jerusalem to worship. Obviously, he was a God-fearer. You'll find that in the book of Acts. You'll find that in the New Testament age in particular, is that there were those individuals that believed in Yahweh God, the God of the Jews. But they had not necessarily gone through all of the rites to join the nation or to join the faith. They had to be baptized. They had to be circumcised. They had to keep the law. But obviously with the Ethiopian eunuch, he was not able to achieve those types of obligations and requirements in order to be a part of the full fellowship of the Jewish people. But he went and he worshiped. And obviously he was a man of some wealth, of some prestige. It says that he was like the treasurer. In other words, he he was... He, he was like the minister of finance to the Queen. Oh her real name wasn't Candace Rather that was a title Kind of like the Romans called Caesar Caesar no matter what his name actually was right because it was the title the Egyptians used the title Pharaoh Well here this kingdom would use the title Candace Candace, so if you're Candace You may think you're a queen But he was a man of some means, of some measure. And here he is again, Philip. Wherever he is, right? Jerusalem, or Samaria, or on a lonely road to Gaza. He is able to share the gospel. You and I have to learn to, like, begin right where we are. Right where we are and listen to the Lord in the way we share. Where we are in Ruston where we are, let me say specifically, in our um, family circles, in our workplaces, right where we are. And then as God calls us, and I do believe, let me say this, I do believe he calls some of us in this place to go on short-term mission trips. I believe that he calls some of us in this place to go on vocational career type of journeys. I still believe God is calling forth people from here, people who naturally share the gospel, who are willing to share it wherever and whenever. But I love the way God does this. Because Philip, yes, he does travel 165 miles, but technically he's still kind of in the area, right? He's still in this Judea, Jerusalem, uh, Samaria, all these kind of areas. But here he is sharing with a guy from Africa, because God brought this guy into his presence for this moment so he could know the truth and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. That's, that's pretty awesome to me. Now, I'm going to talk about divine appointments in about two weeks, okay? You're going to be here? Yep. Jason, I think it'll be the, the other section. You know, the section that comes every three weeks, they'll be here then or so probably. It's pretty awesome. Because what God does here is bring the world to Philip. Yes. A Gentile. Somebody outside the nation of Israel. As a matter of fact, Homer. Oh, yeah, you've heard of Homer. Some of you may be testing on Homer or something like that. The poet, the Greek poet. He was the first one to say of this area that this area was literally the end of the earth. That's what he called it. I think that's rather ironic that Jesus said you're going to the ends of the earth. Homer had called this place the end of the earth and God just said, okay, I'm going to bring somebody to you. You're not quite ready to go out to them, but I'm going to bring them to you. And he brings this Ethiopian eunuch to Philip. Hey, I believe this. I believe God has blessed us as a nation, and He has actually sent the nations to us. Go through Ruston, North Central Louisiana, and you will find all types of nationalities. Partly because of the universities, partly because of the opportunities. But you will find people from all nations. I think about just those that I have met, whether it be in the church or in the community, people from Thailand, people from El Salvador, people from China, people from Saudi Arabia, people from Nigeria, and the list could go on and on and on. Do you realize what a great opportunity we have? Yes, I believe in sending short-term mission teams. Yes, I believe in sending career vocational ministries. But what, what, what? If God does a work in one of these students or one of these professors, and perhaps one day they go back to that country, can you imagine the power of the gospel as it is spoken through a native tongue, through that individual who would bring the good news to those communities? Philip finds Ethiopian eunuch as God directs him because God's in charge of all of this, by the way. The Spirit is going to lead in every aspect of this. But God is going to declare his glory to an Ethiopian eunuch through, through a deacon named Philip. Well, look at this. You begin where you are, you begin where they are. I love the way This is stated. It it says, verse 28, and sitting in his chariot. Now this is not a chariot like the way we think about it. You know, uh, this is going to be a larger type of chariot. He's going to be able to sit and he is reading from a scroll, specifically reading from Isaiah the prophet. (laughs) You see this setting up so well for the gospel presentation. He just happens to be, I love it, just happens to be reading from the prophet Isaiah. So Philip, well, actually verse 29, the spirit said to Philip, notice the spirit's control, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip was in great shape like your pastor and he ran to him and was running by the chariot, talking to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. This would have been very normal back in that day, especially if you were reading a foreign language that you would read it You would read it out loud and it says that he hears this eunuch reading out loud and philip says do you understand what you are reading can you understand he met the guy right where he was he had a connection point now obviously the spirit had set all this up but He hears him reading. He says, hey, let's talk about that scripture, could we? Do you understand it? You know, I've always believed that one of the best techniques of witnessing is trying to find an association point with somebody and building some common ground so that you can talk to them about the good news of Jesus. I just really believe that. Even Paul, later on, as we'll look, Paul is there on Mars Hill, and he's talking to the philosophers, and what does he do? He quotes one of their own poets because he builds some ground with them some common ground so he can share the gospel with them I believe that's still a good way to be able to share the gospel you begin where they are you begin where you are but then you begin where they are and you try to do what you take them to the cross you take them to the resurrection you begin where they are not everybody's the same place but you begin where they are and maybe I don't know uh, you, you find ways, affinity groups, perhaps, where you can share the gospel. Maybe there's a, a golfing buddy that you know that you can take golfing and you can talk to them about Christ. Or maybe there's um, a hunting buddy. Oh, I am thinking we ought to establish a club here. Um, if you could pay for your past, no, 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 that would be But if, if, if if you had some type of affinity group to be able to share the gospel, and start right where people are. For the Ethiopian, he is reading from Isaiah. And Philip comes and says, now, what are you reading? Hey, I want to just show you this. The Ethiopian is searching for something. Listen, down in his area, there were all kinds of gods. God's. There were all kinds of cultures and customs. But they had left him void and empty. So what had he done? He had come to Jerusalem. Some 1,200 miles from his homeland. He had come to Jerusalem because he was searching for something. He was looking for something. He needed something. And I think he was still searching. As he's going back and as he's reading, Philip says, hey, I got what you're looking for. I can tell you who that is. You know, there are a lot of people searching today. I would tell you that there are some people in this church right now that searching. They're seeking. They come to church and they're thinking, oh, yeah, if I just go to church, things will be fine. Some come and they say, well, you know, if I can just, if I can just get my family together, everything will be fine. People are searching and looking. I'll never forget what a guy told me years ago. He said, Reggie, he said, for so many years, I was trying to find something that would fit in my heart. He said, it was like it was empty spot. He said, and I took this and I took that and I tried to like push it in and it wouldn't work. It seemed like it was fitting, but then it just, it just didn't fit. It was like a puzzle piece and it was just so, so wrong, so different. He said, until I found Jesus, it was the piece of the puzzle. And he said, because I have that piece, he says, now I have the P-E-A-C-E peace there are so many looking you need to begin where they are and then you need as I said to take them to Jesus you need to always end with Jesus because he is the answer right Philip said do you understand what you're reading verse 31 and he said how can I unless someone one guides me now, he's reading from Isaiah 53. We're going to see that. How can I know it if unless somebody guides me? Because the Jewish interpreters, they disagreed. Some thought it was Isaiah that they were talking about. Some thought it was the nation of Israel that was the suffering servant, the nation itself, the collective nation. That's what you would hear sometimes. So the Ethiopian was somewhat frustrated, and he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. Again, look at God's hand all of this. God's fingerprints. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Isaiah 53, what is that? The passage of the suffering servant. It wasn't Isaiah It wasn't even the nation of Israel. Ultimately, this passage was fulfilled in the one, the only, Jesus. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say of himself or some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. It's about Jesus. J.D. Gray, I've told you before, was pastor at First New Orleans. He uh, took that scripture the question of the greeks is that the greeks had come to the disciples and asked them this one question JD gree took took that took that question or actually I should say that uh, Request and he put it on his pulpit so that he would remember every time he came to it the The wording the request serves We would see Jesus Sirs, we would see Jesus I pray that every time I preach, that you would see Jesus. I pray that every time you speak to somebody about Christ, that they would certainly know who Jesus is and they would see Jesus in your life. Because he is the answer. says, he took the scriptures and he worked through them and said, this is Jesus. Okay, all right. I know it's getting late, but let me just say this. Verse 36 As they went down the road, they came into some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? He had obviously come to that moment of faith and acceptance and said, You know what? I need to be baptized. I need to confess this faith through the water baptism. And it says in verse 38, So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. The confession of faith. Just as you saw these guys, Dalton and Howe, come this morning to confess their faith through baptism. I said to you, it's always been the way that if you accepted Christ, you were baptized. Some of you say, well, I was baptized as a child. You know what? That was a commitment your parents made. I say to you that there's a commitment that you have to make. That's the reason we call our baptism, Believer's Baptism, because you need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior first, and you need to come and you need to follow him through baptism. That is always the biblical pattern. Because you are not just standing on the decision your parents made. Listen to me. You are standing on the decision you must make for the Lord Jesus Christ. They went down into the water. And he was immersed. He was baptized. And they came out of the water. The spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So that the eunuch saw him no more. How you like that kind of travel? Just boom. It says Philip was founded as Otis, the old Philistine territory of Ashdod. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. He began where he was, began where the Ethiopian was, and he came to the answer in the end, Jesus. Well, it does say, and I skipped that there, that the Ethiopian went away rejoicing. Right? Went away rejoicing. We're told by Irenaeus, church father, that this one went back to his homeland and he preached the gospel. I would not doubt that in the least. And the church in Africa became one of the earliest first churches across the globe. Even earlier than the European church itself because of this divine appointment because of Philip a deacon who was willing to share hey we get to do that how awesome it is to share our faith how awesome it is for those of you who are searching for something to know this that Jesus is the answer we're going to take the Lord's Supper in a few moments oh that Isaiah 53 passage The suffering servant reminds us that the cross provides the way for us. And today, if we've accepted Jesus Christ, we can commune together because we have the sacrifice of Christ applied to our hearts. I pray that today you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't, come see me right here in just a moment. Or come as George is there in the gathering. Some of you, you say, I've accepted him, but I've never followed through with believer's baptism. You know what? We can make that happen. We can make it happen quickly. Would you follow Jesus? Would you give your life to him? Would you trust him? Let's pray together. Father, we come this morning again, and uh, we thank you for saving us as your people. The cross, the commitment you made on our behalf to send your one and only son for us. Father, I pray that in this place that those who are not saved and that the Holy Spirit is dealing with right now, I pray that your spirit would draw them. God, there's some in this place that just need to follow through with believers baptism, their own declaration of what you've done in their lives. I pray that they would come. And God, that you would prepare our hearts even through this, com- this time of commitment before we take the Lord's Supper. Be with us now speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?